Good Friday afternoon. Greetings, friends, and a warm welcome to Sabbath Moods, a broadcast of the Rockingham Seventh-day Adventist Church in Western Australia. My name is Erickson, and I serve as pastor of the Rockingham Church. It's good to have your company again, and I invite you to stay tuned as I share with you an hour of inspirational music and a message entitled Lost and Found. Welcome. Someone shared this little story with me a few years ago. It says a preacher's five-year-old daughter noticed that her father always paused and bowed his head for a moment before starting his sermon. So one day she asked him why. Well, honey, he began, proud that his daughter was so observant of his messages. I'm asking the Lord to help me preach a good sermon. How come he doesn't answer it? She asked. I'll tell you what. I certainly want the Lord to answer this prayer of mine, so pause with me for a moment while I ask Him to bless our program today, shall we? Our Father and our God, thank you for another week and another Friday, which gives us another hour together on Sabbath moons. I just pray that you will bless this program so that it will be a blessing to uh, at least one person who is listening in today. May they hear, may they appreciate, and may they apply the message that they hear whether in the music or in the spoken word. And I thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 says, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. It is not the result of your own efforts, but God's gift, so that no one can boast about it. Amazing grace! How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me, I once was lost, but now I am found, was blind, but now I see. Listen now as singer Wintley Phipps sings one of the most heart-stirring renditions of this famous Christian hymn that I have ever heard.
song it says amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved the rich like me i once was lost but now i'm found was blind but now i see you know lots of people sing this song at churches at funerals even at non-religious events in fact amazing grace is one of the best known sounds anywhere but i suspect that millions who sing it often don't stop to think about what it all means and that's what I'd like us to do today. Dwell on its central message. Yeah, the reality of being lost or saved. Now, Jesus, the master teacher that he was, often taught using stories. And so today, we're going to explore an old familiar chapter containing three stories that Jesus told on the same theme, and that's salvation. Go with me to Luke chapter 15. The Gospel of Luke chapter 15. The first of those three stories comes from verses 3 to 7, and it's commonly called the lost sheep. And this is what it says. So he spoke this parable to them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness 
and go after the one which is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine just persons who need no repentance. The second story or parable comes from verses 8 to 10 and is sometimes called the lost coin. And here's what it says. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which was lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels over one sinner who repents. And then we have the third parable from verses 11 to 32, usually called the lost son or the prodigal son. Here it goes. Then he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the paws that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf here and kill it. Let us eat and be merry, for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Now his oldest son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Oh, your brother has come, and because he has received him uh, safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I have never transgressed your commandment at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost and is found. 
So there you have them, friends. Three stories or parables that Jesus told that teach us what it means to be lost or saved. And so we're going to come back and talk about the meaning, the significance of those stories after the next couple of musical items. Stay tuned. Time. 
Welcome back to Sabbath Moods right here on Faith FM 88.0 from the Rockingham Seventh-day Adventist Church. Today's topic is Lost and Found. And just before the musical break, I read three parables from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15. I call them the Lost Coin, the Lost Sheep, and the Lost Son. Now, in every story, we find two opposite terms being used, lost and found. We find them in verse 6, in verse 9, and in verse 32. Lost and found, lost and found, lost and found. Now, friends, those two words represent the status of every human being on the face of this planet. They're either lost or found, otherwise called saved. Now, there's no in-between. If you've been found and you know it, I praise God for you. But there's something significant about all the lost items in those stories. Those three represent three classes of people. The lost sheep, the lost sheep, are those who know that they're lost, but they can't find their way home. The lost coin are those who have no idea that they're lost. And the lost son are those who know they're lost and they know the way home. So every lost person is either a sheep, a coin, or a son. But the good news today is that there is a savior for every kind of lost person. Luke 19 verse 10 says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. But maybe we should stop and ask ourselves, what does it mean to be lost? Well, in the original language, the word translated lost comes from a root word that means literally or figuratively destroy or die or perish. To be lost means to be in a condition of or on a path to destruction or perdition and death. You are either there, as in those who have died, or you're heading there if you're still alive. To be lost means to be cut off or separated from the source of life. And who is the source of life but God? John chapter 1 verse 4 says this about Jesus. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. John chapter 15 verse 5 says, If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Lost. That's it. The sobering truth today is that anyone who is outside of Christ is still truly lost. Now, I know that a lot of people don't believe that. They don't believe the Bible, so to them that sounds pretty arrogant. But to those who know God and accept that the Bible is God's message to the human race, there are no two ways about it. Again, First John chapter 5, verses 11 to 12 tells us, And this is the record, that God has given to us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. He who has the Son has life, and he who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Now, this should not give those who are saved an attitude of, hey, I'm better than you, you're lost. No, 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 no. Rather, this should give us a concern or a burden for those who still have not yet received Christ into their lives. And we should long to see them come to faith in Him and be saved. Let's talk a bit about being saved then. We've talked about what it means to be lost. Let's talk about being saved. Although many people tend to associate salvation with Jesus and the gospel, it is a concept that's rooted way back in the Old Testament times. It usually means deliverance, aid or victory or liberty or liberation. 
Here's one example. Exodus chapter 14, verse uh, 13. Moses said to the people, Do not fear. Stand still and see the salvation of Jehovah, which he will prepare for you this day. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall never see them anymore. And as you read that verse, and as you think about it, you can remove the word salvation and say deliverance in its place. It won't change the meaning at all, because that's what salvation is. It is God delivering us from a bondage to evil, just like he did for the Israelites who were in Egyptian bondage. It is God delivering us from the kingdom of darkness and giving us citizenship in his kingdom of light. It is God delivering us from a path of destruction and ruin and perdition and placing us on a journey of eternal life. I've got a question for you. Has God done this in your life? Yes or no? Has God delivered you? If he has, then you are saved. So go ahead and give him some praise and glory. Stay tuned.
You're listening to Faith FM 88.0, and this is Sabbath Moods with Pastor Erickson from the Rockingham Seventh-day Adventist Church. Stay tuned now as Jamie George plays for us my tribute.
Welcome back, friends. Before the pause, I was saying that salvation is God delivering us from bondage to evil, just like he did for the Israelites who were in Egyptian bondage. It is God delivering us from the kingdom of darkness and giving us citizenship in his kingdom of light. It is God delivering us from a path of destruction, ruin, and perdition, and placing us on a journey of eternal life. And so I asked the question, has God done this in your life? If he has, then I rejoice with you. But I want you to always remember how it happened. He did it. You didn't. He did it by his grace. He just let him do it. That's why the scripture we read says, it's, it's by his grace that we're saved, not by my good deeds. It's by his good deeds. That's why I cannot boast. So when I say I'm saved, what I really mean is I have been saved. I could not save myself. No way. I'm just a recipient of his gracious act. He saw me. He saw me like that traveling in the story Jesus told, going from Jerusalem to Jericho and, and having been robbed by bandits, lying by the roadside, beaten, bruised and battered and left there to die. His heart was filled with love and compassion. And so he came over to me, rolled me over, took out some oil and wine and washed my wounds. He bandaged my bruises and put me on his own four-wheel drive, uh, his SUV, no, his common donkey. He put me on his donkey, depriving himself of his own convenience, and he let me ride instead. Taking me to the nearest inn, he put a down payment on my stay, and he told the receptionist, whatever he needs, let him have it, and charge it to my credit card. Oh, I love that picture. That's grace. <laughs> like the good old hymn says, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow.
Amen. And indeed, Jesus paid it all. You're listening to Sabbath Moves on Faith FM, coming to you from the Rockingham Seventh-day Adventist Church in Western Australia. Now, some people are afraid to say, I am saved. I think it's because they're afraid of being falsely overconfident or boasting. Okay, fine, fine. Well, then say, I have been saved. Okay? Some people don't say it because they're thinking, but I still sin. I do wrong things. Well, let's talk about this a bit more. Allow me to use one of my favorite sports, cricket, to explain a, a couple of concepts. Now, if a batsman or a batter, we have women in cricket, if a batter is trying to score a run, running between the wickets, before he or she uh, gets to the other end and, and his bat crosses the crease at the, at the other end, someone throws the ball to the wicketkeeper who removes the bales with the ball in his hand, now that batter is out. He or she is dismissed, okay? And the same is true if a fielder throws the ball directly at the stumps and hits those stumps before the batter crosses the crease or his bat crosses the crease. Now, I've seen situations where batters are trying to get home, so to speak. They're running and going full stretch and even diving forward. But they misjudged the situation and ended up short of the line, beaten by the throw to the keeper or by the direct hit. It was a mistake. They missed the mark. You know, they didn't intend to lose their wicket, but they fell victim to an error of judgment. Huh? That's what happened. And, and of course, there was skillful work by one or two players in the fielding side. Well, in the life of a follower of Jesus, that sometimes happens. We make mistakes. We misread the situation. And you know what? God knows that. So all is not lost. We can come back to bat another innings. What do you say? <laughs> All right. But, but sometimes in the sport of cricket, as in many other sports, people deliberately break the rules. Mm. The bowler may willfully bowl an illegal ball, a no ball, allowing his front foot to go beyond the line as he delivers that ball. And that's cheating. It's not a mistake. It's willful transgression. And do you see where I'm going? The person who has been saved and is living the Christian life does not say, Hey, I'm going to deliberately disobey. I'm going to bowl a no ball. He or she might make a mistake or have an error of judgment, but does not intentionally practice dishonesty or any other form of evil. And God understands that. Now, that does not cancel your salvation. In fact, even if you did it deliberately, it does not cancel your salvation. But God wants you to acknowledge when you've done wrong, whether intentionally or unwittingly. Jesus says through the Apostle John, 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 and 9, he says this, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And he continues in chapter 2, verse 1. He says, My little children, I write these things to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. Shall always be my soul. 
This is Sabbath Moods on Faith FM with Pastor Erickson. So, if you've sinned, whether intentionally or by human weakness, hey, stop beating yourself on the head, feeling that you're not good and that you, you can't be certain of your salvation. Talk to your Savior. He knows what you're going through. He understands your humanity because He was tested in every way just as you are being tested, although He did not fail. He says to you, Psalm 103, verses 8 to 14. I just love that passage. I love it. Here's what it says. The Lord is merciful and loving, slow to become angry and full of constant love. He does not keep on rebuking. He's not angry forever. He does not punish us as we deserve or repay us according to our sins and wrongs. As high as the sky is above the earth, so great is his love for those who honor him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our sins from us. As a father is kind to his children, so the Lord is kind to those who honor him. He knows what we are made of. He remembers that we are dust. So God invites us to exercise faith in his word today. Now, faith is not presumption. Don't don't, don't presume and say, oh, oh, God understands. God will forgive me and go on doing the wrong stuff. No, don't fall into that trap. Please don't take the grace of God for granted. Okay? But if, and that's the word, that's the word. If you slip, remember, God is merciful. That was a message for those who are saved, by the way. If you're listening today and you've never yet accepted Jesus, all is not lost. Salvation is a matter of a moment. You know, the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 to 10, if you confess the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Period. Verse 10, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth one confesses unto salvation. The Gospel of Luke chapter 19 records a story about a man named Zacchaeus who was a tax collector for the Roman government and was therefore hated by the Jewish people. They described Zac, let's call him Zac, they described Zac as a sinner. Nobody wanted to hang out with him. And that left him with a deep longing in his heart. But he heard about Jesus. And he felt somehow that meeting Jesus would change things for him. Because Jesus seemed to get along well with almost everybody. So as Jesus was coming up the Jericho Road one day, Zac decided to go and take a look. But the Bible says that he was a short man, and the crowd was massive. So Zach had a bright idea. He sprinted down the road to the place where a sycamore tree was overhanging, and climbing up, he perched himself on a branch from where he could get the best view of Jesus. And as Jesus got to the tree, he looked up. And for the first time, for the first time, someone was looking up to Zach. (laughs) People had always looked down on him because he was so short. And because of the job that he did. But Jesus said to him, Zacchaeus, come down. Jesus invited him down and and said, I want to go to your house today. And Jesus went to that man's house for a meal. You know what? Zach's heart was changed. So much so that he announced that he was giving back money to those whom he had cheated. And what did Jesus say? Luke 19 verse 9. And Jesus said to him, Today... Today, salvation has come to this house, for he also is a son of Abraham. When? Tomorrow? Nah. Today. Now. Jesus, I accept you into my life now. And as you say that, 
Jesus says, you are delivered today. You are free today. Salvation has come to your house today. You are no longer lost. You have been found. You have been delivered. You have been saved. You are no longer in bondage to sin. You are free. When? Today. Today. Stay tuned. I'll be back after this song. Dear God, I recognize today that I am like that lost sheep in the story that Jesus told, going astray from God. I don't want to remain lost, and I realize just how much He loves me. He sacrificed His life to save me. Thank you, God, for your free gift of salvation. I choose Jesus today, and I invite Him into my life. I ask you to forgive my sins and make me a new person. Help me to live this new life every day. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I love your grace. I love your mercy. I 
Listening to Sabbath Moods, a broadcast of the Rockingham Seventh day Adventist Church in Western Australia. The Rockingham Seventh day Adventist Church meets every Saturday morning from 9 15 at number 21 Oneness Street in Rockingham for Bible study, fellowship, and worship. We also have a small group Bible study and prayer meeting on Wednesday evenings from 7 to 8. You are welcome to visit us whenever our doors are open. Our mailing address is P.O. Box. 
368 Rockingham WA 6168. You can also visit our website rockingham.adventist.org.au or you can find us on Facebook. You can also leave us a message on telephone number 0476 416 740. I'm glad that you were able to tune in today and I invite you to catch the broadcast next Friday afternoon at this same time right here on Faith FM. Until then, this is Pastor Erickson on behalf of the Rockingham Seventh-day Adventist Church saying may God bless and keep you. Take care and bye-bye.